Growing up sucks. Just ask Eric Lauber, father of three 20-somethings and a college professor for decades. Eric helps young adults get smarter, richer, healthier, and happier on the adulting podcast, Growing Up Sucks. Hey, Emily, welcome to Growing Up Sucks, the podcast where we try to help young adults, you know, have life not suck, I guess is the best way to put it, because it doesn't always suck. So I know we're going to talk about, tell us who you are. So hello, my name is Emily, and I am your daughter. <laughs> That's correct. I, I, I recognize you. Yeah, I am, uh, for those that I am not the daughter of, I am 25 years old. I live in Dallas, Texas, and I am a software consultant. All right, that sounds great. But uh, the topic we're going to talk about today is uh, when a young woman comes out as gay to her father, which we've experienced both ends of that. So <laughs> <laughs> let's go backwards in yes. time. Uh, let me ask a very basic question that I'm sure everybody wants to know. Is when did you discover you were gay? Or bisexual. Yeah, so specifically, I identify as bisexual. I'm okay with the umbrella term of gay. Um, if you want to get technical, I'm bi. Mm -hmm. I, I don't have a great discover your gay story. Most people, I feel like in the news, you hear of someone new when they were five or in elementary school, they had a crush. I don't have any stories like that. I didn't really realize that I was attracted to women or people of... Uh, different gender than men until a sophomore year of college. Okay. And so just, it was a gradual awakening. Was there some specific person that you got attracted to that kind of made you start thinking? Yeah. So uh, it started in that I, until sophomore year, I had always been dating men and in relationships with men and pretty consistently jumping from one relationship to the other. And it was after one of my relationships in college ended that I realized I had never spent any time being single and alone. So I started this idea of dating myself for the summer. So I was not in a relationship. I was focused on being single. Um, and then that fall, I was like, okay, you know, spent the summer dating myself. I think I'm ready to date again. Um, and I realized over that summer as part of dating myself and figuring out who I was attracted to is I was watching a lot of Rihanna videos and finding out I was very attracted to Rihanna. <laughs> and so when I started dating in fall, I was also looking at a woman that I found attractive and was hoping to go on dates with. Go on dates with women. All right. And so uh, since then, you've dated both men and women, right? And non-binary individuals. And, and non-binary individuals. Okay. So uh, let's get to the topic of today. Tell me about when you told your dad that you were gay. <laughs> <laughs> or bi. Yeah. So uh, in the story of me realizing, I started dating um, this woman, started casually going on a few dates the fall of my junior year. And it was that fall that we went to um, Thanksgiving, that I was home for Thanksgiving, and decided to tell you one day at breakfast, just you and I at a hotel lobby breakfast room. Um, <laughs> you asked me if I was dating, I think you asked me if I was dating any guys, and I said, no, but I am dating this girl. And that was it. That, that was the moment. My coming out. Yep. Yeah. Okay, so what was my reaction? Um, 
You reacted very well. I mean, uh, I will say this, even though I don't have memories of being or realizing I was gay in elementary school, I had always grown up in a very supportive environment of if you're gay, it's okay. And so a similar thing happened when I told you I was dating a woman. You're like, oh, cool. Um, and you seemed surprised to me, which was surprising to me because I thought everyone already assumed I was gay. Um, and I don't think that was anything necessarily that the family did, but I did get a lot of comments in high school of, you know, lesbianist and people assuming I was gay. And even when I went to college, people would assume I was gay before I had come out, before I realized I was gay. So I was surprised that you were surprised when I told you I was dating a woman. Yeah, I don't remember suspecting that you were gay. I mean, we've got two boys and a girl in the family and and the boys have never said that they were gay, so they dated women. So I, you know, the, just the stereotype and the default is heterosexual. So I think I just presumed you were heterosexual. And you dated boys up into that moment that you told me. So uh, you did I, – I, I don't think we thought you were gay, but you had gay friends, clearly, right? High school, college? Yeah, I had um, a few gay friends – in high school, I mean, we are in a small town, so we're not, you know, in San Francisco or a gay capital, but there were people in high school that were gay that I was friends with, especially in college, way more people. Um, I think the assumption of me being gay by others uh, was two factors. One is that not just that I had gay friends, but I was very involved in LGBT issues. I think there was like a newspaper contest I won in middle school for writing this persuasive essay on why you should legalize gay marriage. So I don't it was a topic that. that I was well known for. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, I won some, I won some uh, local newspaper contest for my essay on this. Well, that would, that would um, make people start to think. <laughs> yeah, so I was very well known in middle school and high school for being uh, an advocate for gay rights. So it's an assumption at that time, if you're advocating for gay rights, it's because you're gay. Um, and then similarly in college, I was also involved in various... I think at that point it was called the Rainbow Coalition. So involved in advocating for LGBT issues. So not really surprising that people thought I was gay considering I was passionate about the issues, um, which I will just say, you don't have to be passionate to care about gay people and gay issues, but it is a common assumption that people make, especially if you're a middle schooler arguing for gay rights. <laughs> I guess so. Well, you know, I don't know how much I've ever told you about my coming to acceptance of gay lifestyle because I think I grew up in a small farm town in Ohio where nobody that I knew was openly gay, nobody in high school. And I, I clearly think we were discriminators. I'm not sure what the word would be, but you know, we told jokes. We called guys gay in a very negative way. And uh, it wasn't until I got to college, which I went to Northwestern university, which is much, much bigger. It's in Chicago. It was a complete change of lifestyle there were openly gay people all over the place as far as I could tell. And as you know, I did a lot of musical theater. So I was exposed probably to a lot more people who might've come out at that point. And, and, and I'm straight, but uh, I had a lot of friends who turned out to be gay and I didn't, I didn't think anything of it, but I had to readjust my thinking. Right. So I think it was a gradual process for me. I don't, uh, I'm reminded of, um, is it Harvey Milk that said, you know, the th what you need is you just need one good friend and then find out they're gay to really shift your thinking on that, that discriminatory thinking and behavior. 
And I've turned out to have several of them. Uh, in fact, even one of my high school friends uh, dated women and dated women in college, but came, you know, finally revealed to us he was gay, you know, even after we graduated college, which we're all really good friends still. I mean, the, the, there's a group of us that are, have embraced that and don't have any problem with it. But I don't, I think if he had said that in high school, I think there would have been a lot of discrimination and reaction to that in the, in the environment that I grew up. So I'm so glad that it isn't like it was. But still, uh, do you face discrimination or do you think there's been some ever a backlash or a place where you weren't safe? Yeah, so I'm very lucky in that uh, I have grown up in such a supportive environment and I, I, I do live in big cities and so I tend to have more protection or openness in that way than some uh, rural places might, which is not to say gay people don't exist in rural places, but if it's a smaller number of people, you're less likely to have the number of resources. Um, there have been times, though, where there's a time in particular where I did really fear for my safety being bi, and that was a uh, partner, my girlfriend at the time. Um, she and I went to an IHOP out in kind of far suburbs of Dallas. We had went to see some show. We're driving back on the highway. We're hungry. Stopped at an IHOP. And we were not uh, basically refused service. We went and sat in the IHOP. Waitress never came over. The IHOP was empty apart from one other people. Four different wait staff all ignored us. Never brought us a menu. Never brought us water. We sat there for 20 to 30 minutes before I told my girlfriend, like, I, I think we need to leave. I don't think we're going to be served because we were um, not just two women together, but we were dating. I mean, we were holding hands. We were leaning on each other. We probably kissed. And um, at that point of not being served in an area we weren't familiar with, I was like, we need to get out of here. And so we did end up leaving and getting in the car. And on our way to a parking lot, there were um, men in trucks that were revving their engines as we walked by, kind of shouting. And we're like, okay, let's, let's get out of there. So we left and we, we found another place to eat um, that was closer to the city itself. That's been the only time that I really feared in public being by and openly by. Uh, but also even saying that, that's a much better situation than others have had. I know others that might not have survived that situation or would have been physically attacked. And we didn't experience that. It was just instead a lot of intimidation. Right. Right. And, and I think as a, for my reaction to your announcement was probably more, I'm worried about what's going to happen to you than I worried about who you fell in love with. Right. I, you know, I'm always more worried about your relationships and having healthy relationships and people treating you well and you treating them well more than am the mechanics of how you have make love. Right. That's mm -hmm. not, not much interest to me. So, that's and, and and on that same vein, then I'm much more concerned about you experiencing discrimination or intimidation or even violence because of this um, this characteristic, I guess, uh, than I am about the fact that you fell in love with women or men. That doesn't matter to me. Mm -hmm. And I would imagine parents that might be involved in the in the, the the moment of when a child reveals that they're gay or bi, 
that the parent, in addition to, you know, maybe they have other concerns, but one of those is going to be safety. And one is going to be, oh, no, you now have something for the rest of your life that you're going to deal with that I kind of wish you didn't have because I don't want you to experience any bad things in the world, right? You know what I'm saying? I do. And I, I think an important part that you called out there is it's not just the physical safety. So uh, there is one instance where I was worried about my physical safety, but even not then, even if I'm physically safe, there's the economic safety, there's housing safety because of the states I've lived in. Um, I went to school in Arizona. You can be fired in Arizona for being gay, period. Just if I mentioned at work, I have a girlfriend, they could let me go on the moment and I would have no recourse because it's not a protected identity in that state. It may have changed in the past couple of years. I haven't lived there for about four years, but at the time that I was living there, that was a risk. And um, other places you can be denied housing for being LGBT saying, nope, I don't want any, I don't want any lesbians in my apartment and they'll deny you housing. So it's, it's not just the physical safety part of it, but there are policies that allow for discrimination against me. Even if I'm not physically beat up, I can still have trouble finding a job or finding housing because of this. Yeah. And that's, I think that's where, you know, my biggest concern is because I, I want to protect you. I, I wanted to protect you all the way through 18 years of age. And that doesn't go away just because you move away. <laughs> I yeah. still want to protect you. But I, I think I've come to grips with it because I think we do live in a different climate now. And I was around when some of the first TV shows ever revealed gay characters on national TV, right? I actually saw the episode of Ellen kissing a woman on her TV show. I watched the first episode of Will and Grace. There were some remarkable moments in media where this helped to kind of push along the agenda of, you know, why, why discriminate against this? Mm-hmm. But, you know, I think as a parent, I'm just more concerned about your welfare than anything else. Now I've met the people that you, that you've dated and I liked all of them. I mean, they're all great folks. So (laughs) there's no discrimination there, (laughs) but I'm sorry to hear that you think that you, even in the job place, you can't come out. It really depends on the work environment. My current work environment is amazingly supportive, would never bat their eye. But I remember at one of my past jobs, Um, I had talked in some meeting about, I think, going out with a girlfriend that weekend or going to Pride. And I had a senior employee set up a separate call with me and warn me in that meeting, hey, I heard you mention this. FYI, I'm also gay. I'm not out at the workplace because you will be discriminated against. He's like, you will have trouble uh, getting staffed on jobs. You will have issues with coworkers that won't say it's because you're gay, but they will treat you differently because of it. And so I, I have been told point blank advice by mentors, by other gay people, don't hurt your career by coming out. Um, I didn't listen to him. I continued to be out, but that's because I know I have a lot of freedom and support in other areas. And so I don't have to worry. I mean, you talk about being a parent, what you want is the best for me. I'm very lucky that I have parents that are supportive because I have other friends that came out and were kicked out of their house at 15 by their parents. So they don't have the sort of freedom and fallback that I do of, say, I did come out at this job and ended up getting fired. I know I have my parents' support. If something were to happen, if a crisis came up, I needed, you know, rent money for a month, I know that I have your support there, whereas there are other gay people that have such limited support that they 
have to not come out at work because they can't risk anything. Yeah, yeah. You and I both know more traumatic stories, you know, of children coming out as gay to their parents. There was this thing called conversion therapy was a thing a decade ago, which I hope goes away. Still a thing. Oh, I hope it goes away. doesn't make sense. And I, I have a very good friend, he's a little older than me, who told me the story that when he came out, he had uh, evangelical parents and uh, they just couldn't accept it. And I think it's been 40 years since he's even known where his parents are. They're, they're so cut off. He doesn't even know if they're alive. I mean, they're, it's just not in his life, period. He's going to live an entire his life not knowing whatever happened yeah. to his parents. And that just, oh, breaks my heart. I mean, to hear the story like that. But so let's, let's talk about the mechanics because you, 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 you came out to what I consider to be pretty uh, allies. You know, you, my wife and I mm-hmm. have always been pretty comfortable, uh, at least for a while. And I, I mean, I had to grow there, but we've been there for a while and we, we're, we're okay with it. Um, what advice would you give to others that might have that moment of coming out to their family? Um, I think the advice is even knowing that I have a supportive family, it was still terrifying because I was afraid that you might see me differently, that, uh, you know, being an ally supportive might've been a cover up, that maybe something else would happen. Um, And so the advice for people coming out is that it is, very scary, kind of no matter the situation, or it can be very scary. So don't feel bad if it's scary. Um, And if you come out and the person's initial reaction is not supportive, people can grow from that. Um, Their first reaction is not necessarily their final reaction. It doesn't mean that that is how they're forever going to treat you or forever going to change their mind or view you. Um, And you can have these growth and continuing conversations. And even if the person you come out to is not supportive, there is a large community that is here welcoming to you, that you can find people that are supportive. Um, There is the saying in LGBT communities, we talk a lot about our chosen family. So if our our blood relatives maybe aren't supportive or maybe the towns we grew up with are not supportive or some of our existing close relationships are not supportive, um, you can develop familiar type relationships with your chosen family. Cause there are people that are supportive that want you to be who you are fully, who you are out in public and will love you for that no matter what. Mm, that's a good point. Yeah. A lot of young people may not know that, that, you know, you can find others who are going to be accepting and love you for who you are, even if there's some rejection in the bloodline, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And I like what you said that, uh, you know, it does take a time to get used to uh, as a parent or as a family member, but, but you get there. You're like, well, you know, she's been out for a year now and it's not changed. <laughs> it's, it's, we're, been well, out for more not, than a year now. Well, you've yeah. been out more than a year, <laughs> but I'm just saying theoretically. And so therefore, you know, you just come, you come to grips with it and you live with it. And people aren't different because they tell you that they're gay, right? You laugh at the same jokes as you did before. You debate me constantly, which you did before. Your personality Mm -hmm. is really no different than before. And we've always liked the people that you've dated. I mean, they're all nice people. So it didn't matter to us. But I I think that parents are scared. And I think one of the things, if I had to offer advice, 
would be for the young person to try to make their parents feel like safety is not an issue that I'm going to be fine. I know this is a big deal and I, and I don't know what the future holds, but please mom and dad don't panic. (laughs) Don't go panicking because you've heard this news that makes you fear for my life or fear for my future. And I'm never going to be happy because that's not, that's not going to happen. I'm going to have happiness. You hear what I'm trying to say? I am, which brings up a great point of, uh, I mean, I told my side of coming out to you, was there something that you think I could have done differently or a better environment I could have come out to you in? No, actually one-on-one at breakfast was perfect. (laughs) Uh, That worked really well. One-on-one, you know, a chance for me to give you my reaction without having to navigate my wife's reaction as well, or our, our son's or reaction. Or the brother's well. reaction, yeah. Yeah, your brother's reaction. I didn't have to try to navigate and massage all that, which I would have taken responsibility for anyway. I mean, if, if there were other people there, I would have tried to manage the conversation. But I didn't have to. It was just you and I laying something out and, um, and then moving forward, right? But I do think that it was a pretty, all things considered, probably on the top half of <laughs> – kids coming out to their parents in terms of pretty comfortable now, right? Right. Cause I'm already an established ally. I do feel bad for the, for the young adults who have to come out and they don't have that kind of parent. And I, I agree. And I, I think at least from my perspective, I know I have you as a supportive parent, um, but I know that you have been a supportive adult to other people. So uh, I'm thinking of some of my friends that have maybe come stayed with us that have been LGBT and they're amazed that they can be in a home with adults and with parents that are a okay with it um, because they don't have that at their house. And so I know you have been supportive allies to the friends and people in my life um, that are LGBT. So even if it's not immediately your kids, you can be supportive allies to other people too, LGBT people in general. And thanks for saying so. I mean, that's what we want to be is supportive allies to all, you know, you, you made a, a comment in an earlier conversation with me about how you had to process this as well. Like you had to go through thinking yeah. patterns that isn't just a, a moment in time. It takes a while for you to get comfortable with this, right? But share that with some of the young, young adults out there. Yeah. So I think um, sometimes the language of coming out builds it as if it's this one-time event of I came out, I flipped a switch, now I'm gay. Um, and that was very much so not what my experience was. There was a long time where I second-guessed or doubted myself, where I, uh, I mean, in the example of Rihanna, I was like, I'm not attracted to Rihanna. Everyone feels that way watching Rihanna music videos. And then I had to realize, like, oh, no, maybe this is a sign of something. Or there was um, the first woman that I wanted to ask out on a date, I thought, oh, maybe I just really want to be her friend. Like maybe she's just really nice and I want to befriend her. Maybe it's not attraction. And so I myself went through a a, a huge amount of self-doubt of am I bisexual? Is it attraction to women? Because um, as you called out, I've dated men and I've I've been in wonderful relationships with men where I was attracted to them. So it was never for me as a bisexual as if, something was missing or wrong because I had attraction to men. I fit all the normal like playground crushes that you had. It's just also, I have crushes on women now too, or non-binary folks. Mm -hmm. And so I went through a period um, before I even told you, I went through a period where I would tell my close friends, 
hey, I don't really know what the label is for me, but I know I'm dating this girl right now and I'm really happy, but I don't know if that means I'm a lesbian. I don't know if that means I'm bi. I don't know if that means I'm straight. This is kind of just where I'm at. And I'm very lucky that I had supportive friends that were like, okay, take your time. Like, try out what different labels work for you. Uh, maybe, maybe it is lesbian. Maybe it's bi. Maybe it's not. And I'm at the point where I'm very comfortable that bi is the appropriate label for me, but it it took time for me to get there and to second guess myself. And uh, I process out loud. So I have friends that I talked, I talked in circles with about, <laughs> is it this? Is it that? Is, is there a like scorecard that I can track? And they're like, no, you just mm -hmm. have to figure out for yourself what the right, what the right label you want is. And it takes some time. Mm -hmm. That's, that's really good advice. And, and then you're lucky to have people to talk it out with. You know? Yeah. I felt like uh, if I look back on my friend from high school, I don't know, have any idea how he survived that because I don't think he had anybody else to talk to, you know, amongst that. We, he didn't share with any of us. We were his closest friends, you know, so that's much tougher. And probably that still exists in certain circumstances in today's mm -hmm. world. The piece of advice that I always try and live with is be the person you needed when you were younger. And so that's where I'm hoping I can continue to evolve. So what I needed when I was younger, in which I was lucky to receive that I got this support, was people being open and comfortable and willing to talk through these issues for me. So I hope that I can continue to be that for other people, that others that are questioning, I can be there as a sounding board to tell them it's okay if every day they change what they think their label is. Um, I hope that I can be... Uh, a positive representative for people. You talk about you and um, mom have always been supportive. I tell people I knew what the word bisexual was in elementary school because we had one of our good family friends who was bisexual, mm -hmm. who was married to a man and then started dating, divorced the man and started dating a woman. And I remember as a kid going, oh, I thought she married men. And you go, well, some people like men and women. They're bisexual. And I was like, okay, as the little elementary school kid. <laughs> and so I'm, I'm hoping that I can be that, you know, elementary school kid understanding what bisexuality is. I hope that I can be um, supportive or even not supportive immediately to someone, but that people know that it exists, that it's okay, that it doesn't, as you said, safety wise, it doesn't mean my life is going to be some misery film. I still have a lot of joy, a lot of love in my life. There's still difficulty. Um, one thing that I would hope happens in 10 years is that the overall, uh, I mean, there's a couple policy things, like I hope I can no longer be fired for being gay. I hope that states and the federal government uh, make efforts to put uh, sexual identity as a protected class. Similarly, I hope that comes up in housing, fair housing, I hope that happens. Um, I hope, as you mentioned, conversion therapy camp is gone at that point. I hope we can get rid of that. Um, Basically, I'm just hoping that the progress we've made continues to happen and goes even further. Uh, so right. the discrimination that exists, we can slowly chip away at even more. Right. Hopefully not slowly. Hopefully yeah. quickly. Yeah, hopefully but quickly. <laughs> realistically, I feel like it's going to end up slower than I want it to be. Well, it ends up, I think it's uneven. And it, yeah. it, it's uneven, not just from by geography. It, it, it can be uneven by all kinds of variables, including your religious you know, preferences, where you go to church. It can be 
based on even where class. you work, class, your socioeconomic, economic, class. yeah. Yeah, it's just uneven. You know, there's people all over the world, but I think the trend's going in the right direction. And uh, I keep, we got the arrow going forward. So. And I think that's, that's the big positive as far as I'm concerned. Emily, I, I sincerely hope that our conversation today does some good. There's a lot of young people who are going to go through something that you went through. And uh, thank you for saying that I didn't uh, shock you with my response. <laughs> that, <laughs> that I was, nope, you did not create a hostile environment. You very much so were a great welcoming and father. 10 out of 10 would come out to you again. Well, hopefully not, but thank you. <laughs> I, don't, I only got two other boys. So. <laughs> uh, but hey, thanks for talking today. Uh, and, and maybe we'll get you back on the show sometime. Thank you. I appreciate your time. Thank you for listening to the Growing Up Sucks podcast with Eric Lauber. 